Hello and welcome back to the Small Talk podcast. My name is Katie Fairman and guys, it's been over a month since the last episode. Actually, I have to give a shout out to somebody on Twitter whose username is just the bid who tweeted me earlier and said how many times has Katie Fairman recorded a podcast but deleted it in the last four weeks it's true it's a bad habit of mine but I can promise you I haven't even had the time to sit down and try and record an episode since my last one back in I think it was 15th of June I looked it up just before I started recording it has been a pretty insane uh, month and a bit since I spoke to you last I have been to Portland with Formula E went over to America for the race there which was great I then came back, suffered the worst jet lag of my life, as well as getting a cold and just felt generally really rubbish after Portland to then go straight into the British Grand Prix. Guys, I've done my first F1 race as accredited media, which is mainly going to be the focus of this podcast, chatting through that and how that all went. And then after the British Grand Prix, it was a case of getting back home, being home for a matter of hours before having to empty my case, repack it again, and then go to Rome for more formula reaction and at the moment I am taking a few extended days in Italy to just enjoy some time off because it's been flat out for the last couple of weeks. Well, to be honest, it's been flat out since February. But anyway, that's beside the point. This is turning into a really long rambly intro. So let's get ourselves a cup of tea. I don't know if I'm going to be able to find anything that resembles English breakfast tea here in Italy, but I'm going to give it a try. So get yourself a drink and let's have a catch up. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg. This is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Okay, I feel like I need to add a little disclaimer here that although I've been busy since embarking on this freelance journey, the last month or so is going to be an exception in the rule. At least that's how much I see of it at the moment. I have been traveling a lot, especially with Formula E, and the season is 
soon going to be wrapped up. Season nine is coming to an end in London next week, which is absolutely insane to think that Gen 3, which is the new generation that Formula E is in, and season 9, which is the current season that it's in, is almost over. And it's been a crazy whirlwind of a season. I have enjoyed going to the events and being back in the Formula E paddock so much. And uh, yeah, we head into the final two rounds with Jake Dennis from Avalanche Andretti. He is leading the standings, but it doesn't mean that it's over yet, guys. So make sure you tune into the race. And actually, ahead of the finale next week, I've been promising it for the longest time, but I'm really going to try and do sort of an everything you need to know Formula E episode ahead of the finale. I can manifest it. I can speak it out loud and hope that I'll do it. We'll see. We'll see how this goes. But anyway, the main focus of today's episode is more Formula One based. And as I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, I finally got the chance to go to an F1 Grand Prix as accredited media. It was amazing, I won't lie to you. And for those of you that have been listening to the podcast for a little while since its inception a few months ago, you'll know that this was originally meant to happen in Imola, but then the Emilia-Romagna Grand Prix was cancelled for totally justified reasons. The flooding in the region was awful and it just made no sense for F1 to go there because you know, the aid was needed for residents and people living there and not on Formula One. But anyway, long story short, my first event was now going to be Silverstone at the British Grand Prix and what a race to choose, right? So I guess I'll just go through a little bit of a walkthrough about how my weekend looked and what I got up to and what I saw when I was in the paddock because that's a freaking thing that is strange and surreal as hell. So uh, picked up my pass and Thursday, as you will know, is media day. And uh, Thursday they had some filming in the paddock because Brad Pitt was in, in the area and he's filming for this new Apple movie. It's untitled yet, but you've got a lot of involvement from Lewis Hamilton and the guys that did Top Gun Maverick, which was one of my favourite films of not only last year, but probably of all time. I thought that movie was amazing. So yeah, the guys from Apple were there in the in the paddock and it, it wasn't like to the point where it was massive disturbance, at least not from my perspective. Obviously, I'm not a, I'm not a regular there, so I don't really know. But there were lots of big cameras around and them just doing general paddock shots. So who knows, maybe the back of my head will make it into the this movie and I'll force myself to make an IMDB credit but it was cool it was fun lots of questions about it in the press conference which I made sure to attend and I'm gonna give you a little confession here and you might now call me a fraud because of it but this podcast is all about being open and being honest with you guys and it actually has relevance to something that happened later this weekend but I sat in that press conference and I have never asked a question in a press conference before. I have done numerous one-on-one interviews with people. I've done roundtables where I've asked questions. But just the idea of a press conference just scares the hell out of me. Like, I have such bad imposter syndrome because you're in this space and normally it's being televised and you've got people from all around the world, such big publications in the same room as you. And I guess even in Formula E, like I was too scared to put my hand up and ask a question, even if it's a simple question, like what are your goals for this weekend? You know, that's such a generic question, but I was too afraid to put my hand up, be given the microphone, you know, hold it up to you and say, Katie Fairman from katiefairman.com. I mean, 
that sounds stupid in itself. And that's who I would have been writing for at the time. Um, but yeah, I have always attended press conferences, but always been too chicken to put my hand up and actually ask a question. But anyway, I sat in this press conference, got to see the drivers up close, which was really strange. Obviously, at the end of the day, they just normal people like you and I, except they drive F1 cars for a living, which is just the coolest job in the world. And I envy them for it. But it was really, really cool. And uh, great to be able to have like Lewis Hamilton sitting two foot away from me, for example. So really awesome to do that. And then I had my first interview of the weekend, which is with Nick DeVries. Now, obviously, this was before he lost his F1 seat, which actually I want to get into, okay? So I'll I'll chat about Nick DeVries and then I'll chat about the Nick DeVries-Ricardo situation. So bear with me a sec. Um, Nick DeVries, super lovely lad. He is so tiny, which I know is a really mean thing to say, but um, a lot of these drivers actually were a lot smaller in real life than I expected them to be. And I'm only small myself, but I don't know. Sometimes when you're on TV and you see them, I just have this vision that, well, obviously people like SD Bestie is going to be seven foot tall or I think he's like six foot something. But the other drivers, I get caught off like how short some of them are. But anyway, we stand short kings on this podcast, okay? Nothing bad about being a short king. But anyway, I was chatting away with Nick DeVries and he was really open and honest with me about how he's been finding the strain from the media and like the pressure from the media and actually said some really interesting things like the fact that he loves to follow other championships and read about what his mates are doing in other series or just generally like catching up on on other on other things in motorsport but he's sort of had to stop himself from doing that because he'll ever so often like come across articles about himself and how his performance is in Formula One and maybe things that people have been saying about him which actually is kind of heartbreaking but I know that F1 is a ruthless sport like don't get me wrong I'm not trying to wrap everybody up in cotton wool and protect them like F1 is brutal it can be really harsh it can be so cutthroat it's dog eat dog as we always hear but I don't know I just I think it puts it into perspective sometimes about the fact that these drivers do have emotions and they can get sad and they can get hurt although they might try and pretend like they're super strong all the time but anyway really enjoyed chatting with Nick DeVries obviously didn't realize that it was going to be needed to share like quite so quickly and quite so timely it was intention like the intention for it was that it was going to go out the following week but then Nick lost his seat on Tuesday so I had to email my editor at Sports Illustrated and be like hi so um you know, the guy I just interviewed, uh, he's been dropped mid-season. Like, I was thinking that if he was going to lose his seat, that maybe it would happen over the summer break because we're only a couple of races out. I mean, we had the Hungarian Grand Prix and then Belgium, and then that was it. Then it was summer break. So I was like, Alpha Tari won't just sack him in the middle of a season. They'll wait till the summer. How wrong was I? But yeah, after Nick has gone, which, you know, I wish him all the best in whatever he does next. Some people seem to think that he might come back the Formula E way. We'll have to see. But that does mean that now a certain Australian has taken his place. Now, I'm not going to brag too much about this because I'm a humble person. (laughs) But I predicted this on the podcast that I used to do with Matt and Tommy, like, months ago this was before he signed and joined the Red Bull family again I can't I'm really annoyed with myself I can't find the podcast that I said it in because I went through we did like a 2023 driver prediction one and I said that I thought Ricardo would stay at McLaren but I never 
like elaborated on anything else. But I remember at the time I said on the podcast, could there be the potential for Ricardo to go to Alpha Tauri and do almost like a Kimi Raikkonen in that he started his career with Sauber and then went and did all this stuff with Ferrari and then came back to Sauber slash Alfa Romeo and ended his career there. And I said the idea at the time and I got laughed out the room. And I even looked it up on Twitter and put in Ricardo AlphaTauri seat to see if anybody else was having these conversations and they weren't. And so I put my neck on the line and I need to find this podcast clip because I'm going to be like, you know, that gif of Jeremy Clarkson where he's like, this is my smug face. That will be me. Yeah, Ricardo is back. Daniel Ricardo is back. The honey badger is back. So I don't know how he's going to get on because the Alpha Tauri looks like it's, well, not a challenging car to drive because Yuki Tsunoda has been doing so well in it. And perhaps that's the car. Perhaps if that's the fact that he's now in his third year of Formula One. He's got two years of experience under his belt. You know, he's really had to take on that, no pun intended, but that alpha male role at Alpha Tauri now that Gasly has departed and, and has gone to Alpine. So maybe the car isn't as challenging to drive as maybe we've been led to believe. But either way, it's quite a big ask for Ricardo, who obviously a lot of people might have short-term memory in the fact that they just hear Ricardo's back and actually forget kind of how disappointing he was in his career towards the end with McLaren. And like that hurts for me to say. I feel like I've stabbed myself in the heart by even uttering those words but you have to look at the stats and the facts and the figures that are in front of you and say that his time at McLaren it wasn't it besties like was not good now that could be down to such a variety of factors whether that's the car the team atmosphere um you know just time in your life he, he probably was so exhausted I mean imagine doing every single Grand Prix since halfway through the 2011 season up until the end of 2022 like I think if I remember correctly like he's second or third in the list of all-time F1 starts because he's just done so many consistently that I think the guy needed a break he just needed some time off recharge his batteries and find his purpose and that's great and I'm so happy for him that he's back but I think that we have to manage our expectations besties okay we can't be expecting him to come in and suddenly be you know finishing fifth every race like Pierre Gasly did in 2021 in that random year where he was just suddenly there yeah Ricardo's back and it is kind of funny one thing that I've been thinking about a lot this week is how allegedly he had offers on the table to join potentially people like Alpine or maybe a Haas and now he's taken this Alpha Tauri seat which seems to be an even further step backwards but perhaps it's actually all worked itself out quite well and you know people are making jokes at the fact that Sergio Brez's contract could be coming to an end earlier than planned at the moment I think it's meant to be until the end of 2024 but he's not performing very well at the moment and so lots of people seem to think that maybe then bringing on Ricardo is more of a, a, th a kind of threat if you will to Perez to you need to perform mate because we've got this eight-time Grand Prix winner who's like ready to take your seat if you don't behave um, oh my God, imagine if they actually did a swap like mid-season. Like Red Bull have done that before in the past with Albon and Gasly. I'm not saying that that's what's going to happen this season, but imagine for 2024, just do a little switcheroo, reunite Verstappen and Ricardo, and send Perez down to AlphaTauri. Oof, that would be intense. But anyway, this has all gone on a massive tangent. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. So yes, I spoke to Nick DeFries on the Thursday and then there were some other media events that were going on over the course of the weekend. Oh my gosh, how have I not even spoken about this? So before the weekend even started on Wednesday, I went to the Williams Experience Centre and we had an event put on by them where people like James Fowles attended and I was happy to actually meet James Fowles in real life. I've interviewed him earlier this year. Uh, on the same day that I moved into my new flat and he was so lovely and um, I think everybody that's met James Fowles has just been so enchanted by him he is just like the nicest guy he explains things so well and he's such an asset to that Williams team so I got a chance to meet James in person and uh, there were some other really cool members of the Williams team I sat next to a guy called Sven Smeets which is like the best name I've ever heard and he is basically in charge of looking after the Williams Driver Academy and the young talent that's coming through there as well as many other things so I actually sat next to him at this dinner that we had in the museum there so I was having my arancini balls or whatever it was that we got served up um, and looking over and being like, oh, there's Senna's car. Oh, there's Mansell's car or Prost's car or Rosberg's car. Like it was just insane. So that was an incredible event. And I'm so grateful uh, for the invite. So if anybody from Williams is listening, thank you so much. Events like this, I will never, ever, ever take for granted. It was so, so special. Yeah, I also got a really good goodie bag at the end of it, which I know is not the point of it, but you can't stop your girl from loving a good freebie. So um, yeah, that was how my British Grand Prix week even started. Uh, but then what else happened over the course of the weekend? There were some interesting events put on. The Las Vegas Grand Prix had an event. Uh, one of the evenings where we heard from four of the uh, men that were in charge of organising the event later this year. And obviously they're super excited by it. Um, and it sounds sounds great but it sounds just I just listened to it and it sounds so, so expensive like the one thing that I sort of took away from it is they kept saying champagne and caviar and I'm like what about cost <laughs> like put that into your vocab but hey I'm sure lots of people are gonna have a wonderful time out there and we've got other circuits on the calendar that are super spenny Monaco for example you know perhaps they're trying to make it the North American version of Monaco where 
it is sort of a, a jewel in the crown in the sense that it's a very expensive event, very luxur- luxurious event, can't even say it. But anyway, they had an event on race day. I interviewed Otmar uh, Safnau in the morning, which was interesting in the Alpine hospitality unit. And who interrupts my interview with Otmar? But Jeremy Clarkson, which was very weird, I could hear his voice in the background as Otmar was answering one of my questions. And I was like, that's surely got to be Jeremy. And also, of course, you've got the link with Alpine because Jeremy bought the whole team beers after Esteban's podium in Monaco. But yeah, Jeremy was there. And it was one of those really awkward things. It's like, he's very tall. And we were sat down doing the interview and he had no idea who I was. So I didn't want to sort of interject when he was doing all his introductions and saying hello to Hotmar to sort of be like, hello, my name's Katie. That was really interesting. And he stayed for a really long time after the race, actually enjoying the Alpine hospitality. It's cool to see him there. My interview with Otmar will hopefully be going out in the next couple of days, which is good. Oh, yes. So the relevance to this press conference thing that I was saying earlier is that on the Saturday after qualifying, when Max Verstappen, shock, put it on pole, I went to the press conference, not expecting anything, to do my normal thing of sitting there in silence and just observing, when I suddenly got this urge to want to ask a question. And I'm like, Katie, you've never done this before in your life. Why do you want to ask a question now at an F1 race in front of Max Verstappen and risk embarrassing yourself. But anyway, my question was in relevance to this. I could see that he'd had his hand taped up and I had chosen to get like a front row seat so I could see it quite well. And in my head, honest to God, like I went through so many emotions of thinking, number one, does he always have this bandage on his hand and I've just never noticed it before and I'm going to look like a total idiot? Number two, what if he just turns around and tells me to mind my own business? Like I just went into overdrive, but I thought, you know what, Katie, life is short. You've just got to go for these things. So I put my hand up and sure enough, um, I was given the mic and it was it was daunting, but I kept my cool. At least I think I did. I've heard the recording since then. And I do sound pretty professional, even though I say so myself. And afterwards, loads of people were saying like, what a good question it was. And it just, I don't know, like, I'm just going to celebrate that little win here on the podcast because it was a big moment for me. And it wasn't a stupid question as it would turn out. And I don't know, it made me feel a little bit less of a fraud. So that was a good experience. It was funny though, because Tom Clarkson, who is the guy that you will hear on the Beyond the Grid podcast, and he also hosts the press conferences, he was shown that I had a question by a guy called Tom Wood, who's an FIA delegate. So he saw me put my hand up and pointed over to me to say, this person's asking a question next. And Tom couldn't see me. And I don't know why I said this, but I eventually got given the microphone and said something like, I know I'm only small, but I'm not that small or something along those lines to try and like break the awkwardness of the fact that he couldn't find me for what felt like ages. But the reality was it was probably just a few seconds where he was just trying to scan for me in the room. Um, But anyway, just embarrassing myself since day one. Go Katie. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. 
Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. But yeah, that was really a big moment. So I'm proud of myself for that. Overall, it was amazing. I got to meet so many of my friends that I know from motorsport that maybe I've followed only on Instagram and never met in real life. So many people that I got to see absolutely smashing it at their jobs. Uh, actually on the grid I got to go on a grid walk guys like this is the stuff of dreams I kid you not there's a video of me and I'm literally jumping I look like such an idiot but I'm jumping with the biggest smile on my face on my way to the grid because it was just such a pinch me moment to think that next month is going to be 10 years since I started my first blog about motorsport and I had no idea where this journey would take me and now I am doing a grid walk for the British Grand Prix and bumping into people like Hannah Waddingham on the grid. And if you don't know who Hannah Waddingham is, then look her up, educate yourselves. She is in Ted Lasso. She plays Rebecca in Ted Lasso, which has been one of my favorite TV shows in, God, probably like the last five years. And she was amazing on the grid. Like I have to tell you, we were trying to take this photo. She's so tall. She's a goddess, right? And as I've mentioned so many times in this podcast, I am only tiny. And we were trying to take this photo and I was almost coming up to like where her boob was. Like this is, <laughs> I'm not doing myself any favors here, but like just to give you some idea of how tall she is. And she like, she's almost like did the splits or like went into a lunge so that she was the same height as me for this photo. And like, it's just the best photo. And I'll treasure that forever because she was just such a babe, like, super super lovely and fun and so I got to meet her on the grid uh earlier in the weekend I got a chance to talk with Tom Grennan who did an amazing set on the Sunday after the race um and actually who I went to go and see earlier this year if you remember if you're an OG small talk podcast listener you remember that after the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix when there was a whole Fernando Alonso penalties scenario and I did like a live breakdown of what that penalty meant um I had been to see a concert that evening and I had been to see Tom Grennan so I'm a huge fan of his and so I got a chance to see him over the weekend uh he's a huge F1 fan and actually credit to him because he was around the paddock pretty much all four days and really took the opportunity to be there with both hands and it's like a real testament to the kind of celebrities that I think most F1 fans want to be at races like he really he didn't just fly in by helicopter do a little sing song appear on the grid and go away again like he was properly committed meeting everybody he could um, and spending as much time in the F1 bubble as, as he can so um, yeah got to chat with him which was awesome yeah, it was just really cool to see so many people um, like Callum, who works for Red Bull. You might know him from Instagram as at F1 Mech, like for mechanic. He's so, so cool. Like the coolest guy on the grid, I swear. Um, also got to see Ruth Buscombe, who is down Alfa Romeo and she's a strategist there and she's just 
amazing, like such an inspirational woman in motorsport. Lissy McIntosh was there. I'm trying to think who else. Oh, one of the people who helped me the most this weekend. I can't do this podcast without giving her a shout out. But that was Claire Cottingham, who is an F1 motorsport journalist. She featured actually in the episode, along with George, who I also have to give a shout out to, George Douglas, two journos who appeared in the Imola episode. They both were so, so welcoming and accommodating with me throughout the whole weekend. So shout out to them. Yeah, I'm sure there's a million other people that I have missed out in this, but it was just such a whirlwind. And I'm sure there'll probably be more stories to tell in other podcasts that I've completely forgotten for this one. But for now, I just wanted to sit down and actually record something because I know that it has been so long since the last episode. But as I say, like the Formula E season is coming to an end and uh, I'm hoping that that will mean that after that I'll have a bit more free time to actually regularly produce, record, edit episodes, however you want to look at it because I really miss recording them and sitting down with you. And for ones like this, I mean, it's taken me close to half an hour to record this episode. And I still feel like there's so much that I want to catch you up on and chat with you about. So it's not as if I'm sat here scratching my head waiting for ideas to hit me and inspiration to hit me. It's just simply finding those pockets of time to sit down and record it and then I will hopefully edit it later this evening or tomorrow or something like that I'm currently in Florence at the moment I know where's your violins of sympathy but uh, I'm just trying to take a couple of days out of this manic manic schedule to unwind a bit check my priorities and all of that good stuff and just enjoy a bit of my own company because I'm here on my own I'm doing a little solo trip I'm going to Lake Como after this which is very exciting and uh, yeah just having a chance to actually read some of the books that I've bought in the last few few months and catch up on that catch up on some life admin and some sleep most importantly so I'm really enjoying my time here and uh, anyway I don't need to tell you about my personal travels. I'm sure that's very, very boring. But I just wanted to say thank you so much to everybody that has reached out. Checked if I'm okay. All of you joking about the fact that I do this trend of recording like three episodes and then I go on a month-long hiatus. Yes, I'm aware. But the problem is being freelance, as much as I'm loving it, is that my routine... Well, there is no routine, basically. And that's something that I really want to change in all aspects of my life. I want to be that person that can get up at six in the morning, go to the gym, have a good breakfast, get into work, do their emails, all of that good stuff and find a time to record a podcast and that kind of thing. I've never been that person for the first 27 years of my life. So it takes time, you know, but if anybody's got any recommendations on how to get into good routines and things like that, let me know. I'm going to end the episode here. I know I haven't done question of the week, but to be fair, I feel at this point I need to do a question of the month because it's been so long since the last episode. I think the last question of the week I did was, what do you take with you to entertain you on a long haul flight? Because I had to do two of those going to and coming back from Portland. As much as I loved all your answers, it's not really relevant for this episode. So we'll try fresh and uh, I'll hopefully catch you with another episode next week doing that little explainer about Formula E ahead of the season finale in London. Don't forget to 
uh, follow Formula E on socials. You can go on their website to find out where to watch it, how to watch it. There's going to be a ton of content on there about the season so far. So if you are tuning in for the first time for London, then you won't feel like you're lost and you don't know what's going on. Don't worry, I'll make sure that I've got your back and that you will be suitably prepared for the finale it's going to be epic but for now thank you so much for listening to this small talk podcast episode i will catch you in the next one we'll try and make sure it's not in four months time but if it is then please forgive me and i love you lots and i'll speak to you soon take care hope you're happy and healthy in whatever you're doing at the moment i just waved and i'm in an empty hotel room that's a tragic most tragic thing i've ever seen in my life okay right well i'm gonna go because my dinner reservation is nearly here but i'll see you soon bye